Raiders to the two-tone blue, covering the teams you care about. It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We continue with Reaction Monday, and man, we've not, we, we did not get everything in that we wanted to get in. That's what's crazy. I don't, I love that we only have a two hour show every day except <laughs> today, Thursday and Monday. Like we could have a four-hour show on Monday, and and we probably wouldn't fill it, or we probably would still have more to to talk about on Tuesday. So I mean, it it is what it is, and we continue to react as quickly as we can, and we move into some college and pro football. We typically reserve this segment for the most recent of games, including. The Tennessee Titans, who finally got another home win over the Colts, first time in a while. Did Andrew say 04? I don't remember what he said, but it, it's been a long minute since the Titans beat the Colts at Nissan Stadium. So uh, Andrew's listening. When was the last time the Colts beat, uh, <laughs> or the Titans beat the Colts at Nissan? Have they ever beaten them at Nissan Stadium? That's the question. <laughs> That'll tell yes, you. Yes, they have. They, they yeah. beat them at Nissan Stadium? Yeah. Or was it called something different right, at the time? Right. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, th- I think it was mm-hmm. Nissan at the time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Was it LP Field? Was it well, Philadelphia? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's anyway, Cincinnati. I just thought, I mean, it's crazy to think that. And, and you know, somebody wrote this, and I, and I wanted to give, I can't remember the writer, but. He's he. The writer was one hundred percent correct when Carson Wentz started this game. It was a level of disrespect <laughs> that I have not seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, when you Titans. when you when you run a guy out there who's got two sprained ankles, and yet it was only an eight, what a nine point ball game. Yeah, yeah. And granted, I mean, the Colts' defense, we knew the Colts' defense was pretty good. So give credit to the Titans' defense, who also played very well considering 10 of – no, was it 10 or 14? 14 points off turnovers? It was 10. It was 10, 10. yeah. The first 10. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the first 10, yeah. Including the field goal right before halftime. Right before, that's what the, yeah. Oh, Yeah. When I screamed and Jody didn't that was realize a, it was coming because we had just walked back in from a late breakfast and I sat down and turned on the TV and and are you kidding me? Yeah, it, it was that series that led to that third and nine and I had just thought, okay, as long as we don't turn it over, gonna get some points here right before halftime. It's fourteen seven. I mean, least least. You can do is seventeen seven going into the half. Okay, cool. No, wrong answer. Wrong oh, answer. Can, yeah. can we talk about this late breakfast at one thirty in the afternoon? That's it. They call that brunch there, Mo. Okay, that's yeah. that, that, that's Leonard. 
<laughs> that's not even brunch, came man. From, came back from a late breakfast, and it's almost halftime. That's impressive, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my son, after staying up till 3, 30, 4 o'clock, Friday night slash Saturday morning. Takes a couple better days believe to, I uh-huh. sleep in on Sundays. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this was Tennessee's first home win over the Colts since October 16th, 2017, courtesy of okay. Teresa M. Walker of the Associated Press. So it's been pretty recent. I mean, fairly recent. Yeah. More, more recent than we thought, for sure. Um, I wonder who the quarterback was for it the was Colts not, in that It was game. not Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think J- they ever J- beat Andrew Luck at, at Jacoby mm, Brissett. Could have been either Brissett or um, Curtis Painter, maybe. Ah, Painter. Painter. Yeah, I yeah, bet that's who it was. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Nonetheless, the Titans with a really good job defensively, forcing Carson Wentz to take some sacks that he probably wouldn't normally have to take because of his ankles, and getting after the quarterback, doing your job. Yes, Ryan Tannehill made some. At least one questionable throw, even though in hindsight, the crossing route, if they don't hit each other, he probably throws that right on the money. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, give credit where credit's due. The offensive play calling in the first quarter was atrocious, but good job making adjustments. Was it atrocious or bad execution? No, the play calling was awful. The that play calling, you start the game with a bubble screen? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was that would maybe the worst first play call I've ever seen in the National Football League with a team with this much offensive firepower. You don't even go play action, you don't everybody thinks you're giving it to Henry anyway. Right. But a bubble screen? Like maybe a slant, okay, I can maybe see that get get upfield, but my goodness, it was just wild. I've never seen anything like it. I'll tell you who. I'll tell you what, the Falcons would happily give us Arthur Smith back right now, and I'm not sure I wouldn't take him. <laughs> so there's that. Well, they did pick up a win at least. They did, but Kyle Pitts wasn't a part of it. Trust me. Ask yeah. me how I know. Because he's on your fantasy team. He's on my fantasy team, and he stunk it up. But, yeah, I mean, I give credit where credit's due. The Titans did exactly what they had to do. They won the football game. That's what matters. Doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah, there's some things we need to clean up, but Derrick Henry is in the passing game. Derrick Henry is running over uh, all pro linebackers. You can't be mad right now. Here's a positive spin on this. Um how many times in the past would the would the Titans have won a game against the Colts with three turnovers? None. None. Zero. Zip, zilch, nada. And at any point, did you really think that game was out of hand yesterday? No. Nope. The Titans are going to win that game. I mean, at halftime, I, I, I put a bet. I, I, after I, after I the fumble. on that. Yep. After the fumble, you were like, oh, man, they're, they're going to slip up. But the, de- the defense came through, and – is, this is a different and team. And you held them to a field goal yes. after that, and mm-hmm. and that really felt like a win. Absolutely. You were going to build on that? This team could mm-hmm. easily be 0-3. Yes. No question. And yet they're sitting at 2-1 and one in control at the of the division. Of the division. In control of the division. <clears throat> so I'm not upset at all. I just – 
obviously we have to talk about something, but you know, somebody has to be Debbie Downer. the The truth, of the, the truth of the matter is that I can't even name the seven. Some of the seven, the seven best players we have were on the sideline. Jayon Brown, AJ Brown, uh, Julio Jones, who was apparently feeling tight late in the game, so you don't throw him out there if you don't need him. Uh, it's like I tweeted. Uh, the the guy who scored the first uh, the the second touchdown that did the the West white Br- shoes was Brooker Kene. Yeah, I said I don't even blame the Colts for not covering him because I don't know who he <laughs> is. I mean, why cover him? I, I've never heard of him. Yeah, because he's going to score on you if you don't. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, this this was a ragtag bunch of team bunch of guys, and it seems like when the Titans have to have people step up who aren't. The stars, they always do. Well, I mean, they might be a ragtag bunch of guys, but when you got seventeen and twenty-two out there with them, it helps a whole lot. Yeah, and that's but that's the thing is, you've got guys like Tannehill and like Derrick Henry that you can rely on that help those those guys that are not superstars be successful in the National Football League that they wouldn't be elsewhere. Just look at Ryan Tannehill. Oh, and speaking of 22, he wasn't out there when they scored their last touchdown because it was Jeremy McNichol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, it, it's impressive to watch this team. And I think that's a Mike Vrabel thing. I think, what I else think could it be? If, not, if he does nothing coach. else, if he does nothing else, he has the ability to make guys fit their role better than any other coach. In, oh, in this and maybe area. perceived to be overachieved. Well, you, that's the kind of player he was. Right. This is what I'm saying. He was, exactly. you know, perceived as an overachiever and a, you know, filled a role on a really good, great team on a dynasty, essentially. And, you know, that apparently is bleeding over into the Titans. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Getting people to understand the roles. I'm a Mike Vrabel fan, if for nothing else, for that and the double digit loss thing. <laughs> Know your role. (laughs) And shut your hole. (laughs) Couple of NFL notes. The Chicago Bears gave up more sacks yesterday than they scored points. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to just give JP some some consolation here. Consolation. Vanderbilt outgained the Bears. Mm, There you go. 68 yards total for the Bears. Okay. Vanderbilt had 77, Mm. so... Good job. And, and one might argue the Georgia defense <laughs> might be better. <laughs> it may be. Mm. And then finally, I did not know this. Justin Tucker, who now holds the National Football League record for the longest field goal in National Football League history, following his 66-yard game winner over the Lions yesterday, which broke my heart because I was so excited the Lions were about to get that win. What if I told you he's now made 50 field goals? A 50-plus? In the last minute of a game. 50 in the last minute? He's never missed a field goal in the final minute of a football game. <laughs> never. That. I, I can't imagine it being any more clutch than that as a kicker. That's insane. I mean, Vinatieri had to have missed at least one, right? I'm sure. But 50-plus, including a 66-yarder that hit the crossbar and went through? Insane. And With no win, by the way. That's That's got to be. That was indoors. 
How comforting is that for a quarter uh, for a coach? How difficult does it make it as a defensive coordinator when you don't know how to play prevent defense because you're not trying to prevent just a touchdown, you're trying to prevent them to get to midfield. Because if he gets to midfield, he can hit it. And he did. Well, you need to be up by more than three, I guess. Clearly. <laughs> or two, as was the Lions – or one. The Lions were up 17-16. Oh, that's, that's insane. But, yeah, I mean, if you are the – if you're Lamar Jackson, you're not trying to throw the ball to the 30. You're just trying to get it to midfield. All right. And well done. It's, anyway, impressive. Last night was a lot of fun. The Packers with a game winner, too. Sunday night football has been a blast so far. Monday night tonight should be a lot of fun. Got the Cowboys, them boys, hosting, is it Arizona? Eagles. Eagle. Phil, that's right. Philadelphia. At Dallas, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. I wonder, they didn't play each other in college, did they? I, I wouldn't think. think. So. No, I would think Dak would have been out by then. Yeah. But it should be fun. I mean, a couple of guys, the NFC East is not great, so. No. No, it's not. Uh, How about this? How about Eli Manning, number 10, retired in New York? How about the Giants losing when they retired Lawrence Taylor's jersey? Eli Manning's jersey and one other one that didn't really stick to me because it didn't have quite the same. You retire three guys' jerseys and then you lose. And lost. To the Falcons. I think they're doing stray hands later this year. <laughs> I wouldn't even show up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to talk about the ridiculousness of college football. And we will do that on the other side of the break. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns. ACC and Big 12 are wide open. The Big 10 and Pac-12, who knows? So stick around. We'll be talking about it all when we come back right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. It's not already. It will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. 
And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Struggle wins. The storyline <laughs> for college football Saturday. We're going to get to it on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo Patton and J.P. Plant coming to you here. Along with you. Nah, who am I? I'm just here to, to, to So you don't get fired. Yeah, I'm so uh-huh. here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And plus all I need to do is say the ACC and the Big Twelve are wide open. And you guys can take it from there. I do want to talk about the ACC as we start this segment. Because on Friday, I tried to tell y'all. <laughs> Some of you did not want to listen. I will not name names. I will just ask JP to play a clip. <laughs> yeah, you're going to give me, uh, build it up for a couple of minutes. Mo, I want you to understand. This is not meant to embarrass you, but to help me help me gloat. So, because I'm trying not to embarrass you, I gave you some saving grace on the end of this clip. So don't, just, just, just. Hear the whole two minutes and ten seconds. Don't before you get mad at me. Hear the whole two minutes and ten seconds. That's all I'm saying. I hear the clicks, but yes. I don't hear the click. It's coming. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Here's here is a game that I've got my eye on because. Clemson cannot score. They're just not good on offense. And that's surprising to me. NC State, not not great. Obviously, they lost even to they're they're two and one and their only their only other power five game. Matter of fact, it may be their only FBS game that they've played to this point. Mississippi uh, State. Is miss uh, they played USF, so they did beat South Florida 45 nothing and beat Furman 45 7 last week. But if you can't score, it's hard to win football games. I'll be interested to see what uh what Dabo does with his Tigers on ESPN at 2 30. That, uh, that nobody's going to be watching because Texas AM and Arkansas will be playing. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah, I am. I, um, I think Clemson figured. Well, we're going to get into our picks in a bit, but I, I don't think Clemson is as bad offensively as they have looked. Uh, this is me being speechless. I don't. 
I guess I don't know what you base that on. <laughs> See, at least because he laughed. Georgia Tech is not good. Okay. That, Period. They're well, just not yep. good. Just wait. Let's come back to that later. Points against them. Now, I know it was in the middle of a rainstorm, but you got to be better than – I mean, running the ball against Georgia Tech, you ought to be able to just push them around up front if you're Clemson. They weren't able to do that. So, I'll well, be interested. And maybe that speaks more to Georgia Tech than it does to Clemson. Maybe Perhaps. Georgia Tech isn't as bad as you think they are. That's the truth. Mm. After Saturday, <laughs> speak they, the truth, though. They absolutely wow. boat raced Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, a ranked. And here's Mac the thing Brown. Dante Smith scored. I don't know if you saw that play or not. Did you see the play? Mm-hmm. He scored. I yep. don't care what anybody tells you. He was not down. Dante scored. So I'm giving him six anyway on this show, whether or not the refs <laughs> did. <laughs> whether anybody counts it or not, you're giving him By, six, huh? Yeah. But Clemson, not good. Clemson, not good. <laughs> and I mean, if if it makes you feel better to gloat over that, then you go right ahead, big boy. But well, I'm, I'm right there with you. They're not good. And I, I don't I don't know why they're not good. I do. But they're not good. And and I mean, and, I don't know how you can have Uyagalele and and Justin Ross and not be any better offensively than they are. Maybe it's up front. Because Uyagalele is not Trevor Lawrence and he's not well, Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's a lot. The there, there is a long way between Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and not very good at quarterback. I mean, if that's the standard that you're looking for, then yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Well, here's what but, I'm saying is that's the standard that Dabo Sweeney has to have to be successful. Before Taj Boyd. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. I'm not saying that Uyagalele wouldn't be successful at. Alabama, or any number of other places. I think that Dabo Sweeney is not as good of a coach as he has looked in the past six years because his quarterbacks have have been elite. Elite. That's what I'm telling you. I didn't know that until this year, but I think that's what it is. And that makes sense. Because what you're basically saying is a lot of people could win games. With Trevor Lawrence Dang and Deshaun Watson. Could win games with those two in quarterback, clearly because Dabo Sweeney did. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if this is what it takes to prove that the emperor has no clothes, I'm all freaking for it. <laughs> no doubt. So that that was kind of my point, is is that I don't think that this kid is you know, just trash can juice or anything. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I just don't think he's at the level that those other two are. And I think that Dabo Sweeney is not a very good developer of talent. I think hmm. those two guys came in as freshmen and were really, really good well, off and, the and, top. And, and if you would listen to what they're saying in Jacksonville, yeah, I, I think lo- – has Lawrence thrown seven interceptions in three games? Listen, I don't – whatever he does in Jacksonville, I'm not judging him on it because, again, there is a time and a point where you have to stop blaming quarterbacks. If you're Miami, if you're Jacksonville, if you're the New York Jets, you got to stop blaming quarterbacks at some point. So I'm not judging him based on his performance necessarily in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. 
I think he's a good quarterback. I think he may end up being the next Mark Sanchez who just gets tossed to the wayside. I don't know. But that's – as a college quarterback, he was elite. Among the among the best in the last decade. So. But they lose in overtime. Couldn't believe it took overtime. That kid missed, what, three field goals? <laughs> and the last one was a 37-yarder to win the game? That's tough. I mean, if you're if you're North Carolina State, you're going, how did we win this game? Hmm. I, beats me. But they did. But they weren't the only ones. Struggle wins for Iowa over Colorado State, a team that Vandy mm, beat yes. <laughs> two weeks ago. Oklahoma, a three-point winner over West Virginia. Mm. Did you hear the boos? Oh, yeah. They were Rattler? they were booing Spencer Rattler uh-huh. pretty much all game. Yeah. At one point, they were chanting for the backup, uh-huh. yeah. which, as Chip Walter says, no, no – There's no pop- more popular guy than the backup quarterback. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. one <laughs> anywhere yeah. in the world. So, you know, and someone – I don't know who it was. I wish I had gotten this name. Some idiot – on, oh, it was on ESPN. That's that's why. Said, this is not Oklahoma's fault that Nebraska and West Virginia's defenses are just really good. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this is you just trying to prop up them being ranked in the top four. Well, you know, West Virginia's defense is not bad. I don't think solely. Nebraska's is. is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think solely. I mean, West Virginia – played a hell of a game Saturday night. They did. They sure. played a hell of a game and deserved to win that, I think, but the way they played. Yeah. Glad we talked Mo into the Rutgers pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Michigan, a 2013 winner over Rutgers. Wow. Michigan State needed overtime to beat Nebraska, which I guess this is what they're basing this Nebraska defense being decent on. But Michigan State was not expected to be any good. They beat Miami, but crap. I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm Columbia not, Central not, might could beat Miami right now. Not with 17 penalties for 122 <laughs> yards. Well, what? Wow. Nice. Refer back to hour one. I, on I don't. I, I don't think Big Lou gets in the end zone from 50 yards you think out. He gets either, ran down. Yeah, ran but, down somebody in Miami. I mean, Michigan State is it was not expected to be good. It's not like just because no. they're ranked number 20 doesn't mean that Nebraska's defense is good. And then. Obviously, Auburn with a struggle win over Ooh. Georgia State. I was really rooting for the for, for Georgia State to win that one because <laughs> I was hoping that Tennessee could get off the hook with that one. I would have done it. And then you've got mm-hmm. then you get losses from Iowa State Baylor, which we never saw that coming. Uh, Georgia Tech, of course, has beat North Carolina as we mentioned earlier, and then twenty fifth ranked Kansas State loses to Oklahoma State. So twenty five losses. Wait a in minute. First- Wait a minute. What's that? All that that you went through, are you doing Pac-12 after dark separately or what? Because that Oregon mm-hmm. State win over USC well, eclipses anything you've talked about to this point. All of those were ranked in the AP Top 25. Everything uh, I just mentioned was ranked in the AP Top 25. There That's are, ridiculous. There are 25 teams that have been ranked that have fallen out of the top 25 since the start of the that season. That have been beaten. That's a record, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> all of that. And we're still in September. And we're still, this is. By the way. And then, you know, you said it in our picks. You know, we both picked USC because we thought the talent gap was just going to be enough. Mm-hmm. 
clearly was not. Well, they showed something at Washington State when when the backup quarterback came in. They they showed a little life, and you thought maybe that would spur them on, you know, to to have a kind of a new life about them. Clearly, clearly <laughs> that was not the case. The the backup quarterback didn't spark new life. The in-arm coach Mm-mm. didn't spark. The fans didn't spark no, anything. Snoop no. didn't spark anything. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Snoop may have sparked something else. Uh, but it wasn't. Oh, I guarantee you Snoop sparked <laughs> something nice. At the beginning of the season. The Tolo top, and Snoop in one show. How about that? The top, Came to play uh, on a Monday. Catch you. And this is going to go back to the ACC here. But the top five ACC title odds, Clemson 80%, Miami 12, North Carolina 5, Virginia Tech 1.3, Pitt 0.7. As of right now, Clemson still has the best chance to win the ACC title, according to the FPI, at 29%. NC State at 24, Pitt at 18, Miami at 8, and Wake Wake? Forest at 6. So apparently Sports Illustrated – on Mondays is going to be doing a future playoff watch what a 12-team bracket would look like. Oh, nice. So after week four. Tell us. Ross Dellinger. Clemson's loss had us wondering whether right now, given the current results, the ACC even deserve one of the six AQs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We argued over that for several hours until we realized that the only other option was a Coastal Carolina team whose best win was over Buffalo. So. um, I'd still go Coastal over Clemson right now. They're ranked higher. I'd pick them. Their top 12 or their 12 playoff teams right now, uh, top four seeds, Alabama, Oregon, Michigan State, and Cincinnati. Wow, no Georgia. Georgia 5, really? opening against number 12, Wake. Um, Penn State 6 against number 11, Notre Dame. Wow. Iowa 7 against number 10, Florida. Your 8-9 matchup, Oklahoma at Arkansas. Hello. Hmm. Are we surprised? Yes, we're surprised that Notre Dame won. <laughs> God. After a while, that got humorous when they when they had <laughs> when they had back to back pick sixes. It's like okay, late. today just wasn't your day, Wisconsin. Yeah, no. Today just wasn't your day. Yeah, and that's a you know, I still don't think <laughs> that Notre Dame is very good. But that's what I don't I'm, think they're very good either, which tells me that Wisconsin isn't very good either. And Penn State, who barely beat Wisconsin, and then Auburn goes up there and. Gives Penn State a game just before coming down here and losing to Georgia and almost, almost losing, losing to Georgia, Georgia State. State. Here's what yeah. I'm telling you is that I don't know that anybody in college football is very good right now outside of Arkansas and Georgia. <laughs> and here's the thing. We'll get to see them on Saturday. College game day will be there. We'll talk more SEC uh, in the next segment. Mo, you kind of we, – we should have saved that part for the next segment because we do have our top four based on what we've seen Mm -hmm. coming to you on the other side. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns talking SEC football and we'll give you our top fours right after this. We'll be right back. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. The sports talk show you've always wanted. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. From preps to pros, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yow, joined by Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. We're talking college football, reacting to the weekend that was absolute nutso, is college football. J.P. thinks it's going to continue. And I think he's right. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think he's got a heck of a point. Why don't you um, enlighten us on that, JP? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the this super senior phenomenon, uh, I, I don't think we can uh, underplay that. But it's not only just the seniors that were uh, on rosters last year. Everybody's a super senior everybody for the next five years. Gets that, everybody that was on a roster through COVID gets a, a bonus Eligibility, a bonus sixth year. year. Mm-hmm. Um, however you however you go, whether you transfer, whether you redshirt, whatever it is, instead of uh, five years to play four, you get six to play five, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get the fifth year because last year doesn't count. Yep. So, for anybody. So, for anybody. So there are a lot of teams that um, that have a lot of cohesiveness, a lot of uh, guys returning, and. And I think that. But why uh, is it making everybody look worse? Is it just because everybody is better? I think it's because everybody is better. Everybody <laughs> b- uh, below the, so the top. So instead they look worse. Yeah, exactly. Which is because wild. everybody is better. It, <laughs> I mean, defenses are better, so offenses are worse. Well, are, and, and that's part, I think that may be part of why, you know, as I said, I don't know that there are 
a top four teams right now that just separate themselves, and that's we're used to having four teams separate themselves mm-hmm. and everybody else just being average. Well, if everybody's average, then it or everybody's tougher to separate, right? And so you don't have anything to to compare to, if that makes sense. Well, here's a thought on that um, as to why the the elites and the non-elites are closer together. Mm-hmm. Those elite teams still lost their players. They still went to That's the draft. Right. They still went to the draft early. That's right. It's those sub-level teams right below that them kept. that might have gone to the draft did not because they have that extra eligibility. That's right. And they get the opportunity or, or, or to Or even enhance. if they might not have even those that wouldn't necessarily have gone to the draft. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we've seen in college basketball where the four-year programs That's true. have gotten closer to the one-and-dones because of the cohesiveness like you talked about. That makes a lot of sense. and I Because I, in reality, Alabama could have Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Waddell all on this team. They could all be playing right now. I could be eligible. If they didn't go to the draft, Najee Harris, maybe mm-hmm. Najee Harris. Yep. So that <laughs> that's why it, Alex Leatherwood. We, we, we could go on and on. Yeah. Well, that is one. A, that is a huge reason mm-hmm. why. I, absolutely, because when you're 23, 24 year old playing against seven, 18, 19 year olds, there's a difference. There's a big difference in 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 that. So that it, may be it. It 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 levels the playing Level field the playing field to some degree. I'm I'm here for that, and and you know, and it's gonna like you said, uh-huh. it's gonna continue to be level for as long as the players that were on those rosters remain mm-hmm. in those pro- in those programs or in college ball, at least for two or three more years. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get to that to that freshman class, it probably doesn't matter because they're playing with freshmen. Right. And this year's freshman class, I think, is where it cuts off. I believe. Um, so probably two more years. So yeah. it'll yeah. So two to three more years. But uh, but yeah, the, you're right, Mo, about the players that would not have have gone to the draft, but still are high quality players mm-hmm. in college. Come back and you got a 23 year old solid because football player. Because you just went from a fourth round pick to a second round pick. Mm-hmm. You could just because you stayed. You stayed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. I, I like that. I, I did. Want to mention this just briefly because Kusa, tough loss for Middle, by the way, which we'll talk about tomorrow. And when we get off the air, remind me to talk to you about Bailey Hockman. <laughs> okay. You're going to want to hear it. Right. I can't talk about it on air because I, I can't verify this information, but it's fantastic information. <laughs> and if I can if I can ever verify it, well, we will talk, we about, will talk it. about it. <laughs> Conference USA goes 2-0 over the AAC this weekend. UAB beat Tulane, and UTSA beat Memphis. Is Conference USA the real P6? Mm. <laughs> I just, I mean, the UTSA-Memphis game, we talked about how it was a, it could have been a toss-up. We, mm-hmm. we thought that they were pretty good. So I was impressed with UTSA and that Memphis win. But anyway, as we talk about, the SEC can't not start with Auburn because Bo Nix, TJ Finley are now in a quarterback battle to see who starts at LSU. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, not that TJ Finley will be motivated 
for that game. I'm going to refer back to a comment that I think Jim Dunaway made on the next round this morning is that if you're Brian Harson and you come in to watch film on your new team and you say, give me the film that shows me the best Bo Nix I can have, you give him 48 to 11 Auburn over LSU last year. The problem is that the quarterback for that other team that got benched in the middle of the game is now your backup and potential starter. So you also watched film on TJ Finley stink it up. <laughs> so how do you make a decision <laughs> about who to start against LSU when you go, this guy sucked last year in this game? <laughs> in this game. And the other guy was really good. It's it, I don't think it's as easy of a decision as it appears to be on the surface. I'm not sure it appears to be an easy decision at all. I'm just saying, if that's Bo Nix's best game, what is T.J. Finley's best game? I don't know, because he got benched halfway through the Auburn game in week four. I'm not sure we've seen it yet. Well, That's the thing. We haven't yeah. seen it, so we don't know. This is going to be a, a talking point and a game that will not get as much love because of Ole Miss Alabama and because of Arkansas, Georgia, Auburn LSU is going to kind of fly under the radar, mm -hmm. and yet it may have the best storyline of them all. And and again, I I think that you are going to have, if the opportunity presents itself, an ultra motivated TJ Finley. That's the thing is if if he's going to play against anybody, this is the team you play him against. I would think this is the this is it. I. I to me, I'm starting T.J. Finley. But we also know that he can be pretty bad. We know Bo Nix can be pretty bad. But we also know he can be pretty good. He wasn't bad mm -hmm. in at Penn State. He no. wasn't bad on Saturday. He just didn't score points. He didn't do anything to hurt you necessarily. He just didn't win a game against Georgia State, a game that he should go out there and win. Right. T.J. Finley did. No. The one concern that you may have about T.J. Finley playing against LSU is they certainly know him. And is he going to be too hyped up? Do you start Bo Nix to give T.J. a chance to calm down? Where is the game? It, uh, Death Valley. It's in a... It, it is a in, an 8 o'clock Central game. Which 8 means 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock Central. It is a night game Saturday night. In Death Valley. They're going to have 15 hours <laughs> to get ready for T.J. Yeah. Finley. Not, not, a good, uh, not a good spot for Auburn. <laughs> I would love to go to a night game yes, at Death Valley. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the two um, SEC facilities that I never got to see a football yep. game in prior to the, um, prior to the last expansion. But... I'd, I'd love to see a night game in Baton Rouge in, and tailgate for it all day. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and so I think Auburn is in a, in a precarious situation because of this weekend. I think that we saw the Southeastern Conference Eastern Division as I, again, going to break my neck here in my arm, but Kentucky, yeah, South Carolina – 
pretty much showed us that we don't know we don't know what the East has got because Missouri mm. goes up and gets beat by Boston College. Kentucky barely beats Missouri at home. Then they barely beat South Carolina on the road, which has a worse offense than Vanderbilt. Tennessee, whose offense looked pretty capable in the first half against Florida, until they were forced to be one dimensional because they were down by so much at, at you know in the second half. Tennessee Tennessee has as good of a chance to win seven games as they have winning four games. Hmm. <laughs> and it's nuts because I don't know what they're. I don't. I don't think Kentucky, South Carolina, or Missouri can stop Tennessee's offense for sixty minutes. But I also don't think Tennessee can stop any of their offenses for sixty minutes. So I don't know. Well, not only can Tennessee <laughs> not stop any of their offenses for sixty minutes, but Tennessee can stop Tennessee's offense for sixty. They're minutes. They're really good at that. Mm. They're really good at that. So, uh, but also, South Carolina and Kentucky basically tried to give each other the game and. Eventually, Kentucky was like, all right, we'll take it, I guess, if you insist. I mean, the SEC East is a mess after Florida and Georgia. The SEC West is all good, so you don't know what they've got because you've got Ole Miss, you've got – It is all good. Well, except Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not great. LSU's not great either, by the way. Um, Auburn But they can be great. Auburn and LSU are the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're like that four or five that could that could at any point just they can spoil it for somebody for anybody. Yep, A and anybody. A and M's good. Arkansas's good. Alabama's good. Ole Miss is good, and <laughs> they've got as many good teams as the SEC East has bad teams. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know what is going on. So Arkansas lost nineteen consecutive conference games, guys. 19. And now they're going to be on college game day Saturday <laughs> in Athens with a chance to upset the number two team in the country as the number eight team in the country. The last yeah. time they, they had a good this good of a start, Darren McFadden was in the backfield with Felix Jones. Wild hog. Is it an upset? Yes, it's an upset. Georgia's really good. Just ask anybody that's played. It's, it's an upset just based on in the moment, yes, but to your point, Mo, um, you know, I think we were still questioned about Arkansas. How good were they? I think they proved Saturday how good they were because, you know, that game, it was seventeen nothing mm-hmm. against A and they were dominating. Now, you know, the game ended up being twenty to ten, but well, but, but they dominated a powerful A and M team. Part of that is KJ Jefferson getting hurt. That's true. If he, he doesn't get hurt, and he came back in the game, mm-hmm. that's right. But if he doesn't get hurt. I don't know that Texas A&M gets back in it. Yeah. And, and I'm the, not sure that they did get back in it. comes right down to it. Here's the scary part about K.J. Jefferson is we have seen him at about 75% about what, of what he can be. He has gotten better each week of this year. Mm. By the end of this season, mm. he may be the best quarterback in the league. And I don't know that anybody could touch him. You name quarterbacks right now, Matt Corral's the only one. Mm-hmm. He's the only. I'm telling you, KJ Jefferson may be the best quarterback. And I've in the never league. seen so few quarterbacks in the SEC. I don't even know. Who, I don't know that there is a quarterback in the SEC. I think everybody's just athletes right now. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who the third team All SEC All SEC quarterback is at the end of the year. Bryce. 
It'll be it'll be either Corral, Bryce, or Jefferson. One of those three. That's it. I mean, those are the only that maybe Emory Jones. He keeps playing like he did. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We have so much more to get to. And we're gonna do it tomorrow. <laughs> Come back at four o'clock because this is gonna be a lot of fun. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint for Mo Patton and JP Plant. I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast, brought to you by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you'd like to hear us live each and every weekday, tune in from 4 to 6 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Also visit www.sm-tnsports.com for the most comprehensive and timely coverage of high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee.